Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, joined here by my co-host, Bree Tucker. Well, hello, hello, everybody. How are you? (laughs) We have an exciting week this week. Calm and Happy Parenting, our parenting course, it's launch week. Woo! If you don't know what that is, it means that we only have it open like a few weeks a year and this is one of them. Yes. And this is one of our things that we are like super proud of. Calm and Happy Parenting is one of those like if you've been stressed about parenting or any way that you have been raising your kid and like you've tried the behavior charts, you've tried the punishments and the consequences, or you've heard about consequences and they're like, I have no idea like how that's different from what I'm doing. Calm and Happy Parenting takes you through a five-step process where not only will you realize that your kids like actually react better to you and behave better, but you're going to develop a closer relationship with them. Yes. And you know what else is going to come from that relationship Mm -hmm. and all of that listening? Your children are going to be able to take on the initiative of things. They are. You're going to be amazed by the things that your kids are able to do without you having to nag, without you having to remind or even take over the task yourself. The the parents in our course so far have said like it has been such a huge change in their homes. They feel calmer. They feel happier. This calm and happy parenting. (laughs) It's really the name describes it all. Yeah, hence the title. Yeah, so we we have a link for you in the show notes. Come join us in it. You get personalized attention from me and Bree, especially if you join our VIP coaching program, Balance. Yes. um, Which is our favorite part ever. We are recording this podcast episode and we just got off of a special session in Balance with Dr. Michelle Borba, the author of Thrivers and Unselfie. And was it 70 other books? Or it's She has has quite a few. She has 26 books. She's a Today Show parenting contributor. I mean, there isn't anything that Dr. Michelle Borba hasn't done. And you know what? And she is phenomenal. We just, we love her. Can't say enough good things about about Michelle. We love her. (laughs) And the cool thing about Balance is that all of our Balance members get to meet all of these guests we have on the podcast, they come and do special sessions for balance and it's just fun and you get kind of like the inside track. I really like having the inside track. Like I do. And you know what else I really like about it? It gives everybody a connection and you get to meet other like-minded moms that are doing the same thing you're doing and going with the same goal you're going for. So today's podcast episode, we're talking all about how to raise strong kids. Calm and Happy Parenting is part of that, but we are also going to be giving you three tips that you can use right away to raise strong kids, and we hope you enjoy this episode of the No Guilt Mom podcast. We talk a lot here on the No Guilt Mom podcast about how our entire family pitches in to make dinner one night per week. Yes, and I'll tell you this, like in my household, it's always been a struggle trying to get the kids to figure out what they're going to cook. Oh my gosh, Uh, it's like grilled cheese tomato soup every night, which is why like... (laughs) I'm so excited about Cozy because Cozy has recipes right in the app. Cozy, if you haven't heard of it, it's the number one organizing app that families use to juggle school schedules, practices, meetings, doctor's appointments, and even a workout or date night. But they also have recipes, Brie. I was going to say, now it helps you with dinner time and your kids can come up with something without you having to find it. And those those recipes are simple and delicious. I was amazed to see all the things that Cozy can do. So you can use Cozy or your kids can use Cozy to discover new recipes inside the app. And then you could save recipes from across the web and meal plan for the entire week. Just download Cozy from the App Store, that's C-O-Z-I, and get the free app today. You want mom life? 
to be easier. That's our goal too. Our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids, and we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to help you delegate and step back. Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. Okay, so pandemic, been the last year and a half. Yeah. Been hard. It's been crazy. And I found this image today when I was scrolling through my my social media. Today, parents posted an image about the last time our kids had a normal school year. Yeah. And it was a bit of of a slap in the face. So like when I saw this, it really brought up some emotions with me. My oldest is in eighth grade. And by looking at this chart, the last time she had a completely normal school year was in fifth grade. Mm-hmm. That's that is, crazy. That is insane. And when you think about things, like when you think about stability and things that, that teach our children about consistency, school is one of them, right? I mean, from kindergarten all the way through high school, your kids have school almost every day for the majority of the year. It is the routine. Yeah. And yeah. having a routine helps kids feel grounded and feel like they are safe. Yeah. Supported. And if there's one thing that this pandemic has done, it has taken away kind of a little bit of our safety. Right, right. And it's made safety, it. Yeah. Yeah. And so like our kids are feeling a lot and not even just our kids, us as parents too. Yeah. We're feeling a lot more anxiety. We're not sure what's going to happen next around the corner, mm-hmm. which kind of leads us into why we need to have that emotional stability. Yes. And resilience. It, it's, it's as important for parents as it is for kids because I don't know about you, but I look at all the news articles and I get completely stressed out. Like if you're listening to us right now, like read these scary things about like how our kids haven't had a normal school year and you feel like that tightening in your chest. Oh yeah, that <laughs> like nausea you can't bubbling up. <laughs> like no, we are there too and we are going to flip the script and give you some positive things that you can do to make things better. Because that's really all we can do. Mm -hmm. We can just take like little steps each day to be a little better, to make things better. And also to acknowledge all the things we do already uh, and all of our wins. So uh, this is meant to motivate you. It is meant to put in some positivity in your life. uh, And we're going to get into it. Right, right. Because there are tons and tons of things that you can do to build your emotional resilience. But we've narrowed it down to three simple things. Three things that you could do right away. Yeah. And you're going to see immediate feedback from this. It's going to be phenomenal. And you know what? The three things, most of them are not things you have to do, but things you need to stop doing. I know. Isn't that great? So we're not even telling, like we're giving you three things to take off your plate that are going to give you positive results for emotional resilience for everybody in your household. Yes. Let's go. Let's go straight into number one. What's number one, Brie? Number one is one of my personal favorites. Uh And uh, kind of get started with one of our, our great friends, Jessica Leahy, wrote yeah. a book about it. The Gift of Failure. The Gift of Failure. So our number one tip is you got to let your kids fail. Let them fail. You get a fail and you get a no. It doesn't go like that. <laughs> it doesn't go like that. Because <laughs> we we see failure sometimes as something that should be avoided. And I think we see that in our own lives too. I mean, I know that I personally get stressed out if like a work project is going wrong or like something is like going crazy in the business. I take that and I'm like, oh, I'm such a failure. And we need to flip that. (laughs) Because failure is how you build resiliency. You can't be emotionally strong if you have had it easy. Like it's just impossible. 
Yeah. And I think one of the big things about the importance of failing is that we as parents, we try to make sure that our kids don't fail. We don't want them to feel like, we don't want them to feel embarrassed. We don't want them to feel upset. We don't want to have them struggle. And that is true. As parents, we need to make sure that they're not having the epic failures that could like completely break them for the rest of their life. But let's talk about epic failures. Okay. So like what is considered an epic failure, do you think? I've been looking for simple ways to form healthy habits and get the nutrients my body needs even on busy mornings. And oh my gosh, has it been busy lately. And that's why I decided to give AG1 a try. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics, and more, but it's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day, and it makes me feel energized. Even like I still add the coffee on there because I like it a lot. AG1 tastes really good too. And I enjoy my glass every single morning. AG1 is the supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily. And that's why I'm excited to welcome them as a new partner. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com forward slash NGM. That's drinkag1.com forward slash NGM. Check it out. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of TILT is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the TILT Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Like I would think running into the street would be like, yes. like not looking for oncoming cars. Would be yes. Epic failure that you would be okay with being hit avoiding. by a car yes. and losing your ability to to walk, run, play. Yes, that's an epic failure. But yes. let's let's pick on one that I think a lot of us moms freak out about. Hmm. Your kid won't take a bath. <laughs> I'm serious. I don't freak out about that one. That's why I laugh. Okay. Well, but you do know from our time speaking with know. other moms yes. that this is a common is a, a common freak out a lot of his parents have because we're like, oh my gosh, if my kid doesn't bathe, he's going to get to school and he's going to get to school and he's going to become the smelly kid and then he's going to be labeled the smelly kid and then everybody's going to make fun of them and he's going to end up failing school and living in a van down by the river. Yeah, I think but, I think that, that is happen. a fear thing. It doesn't happen. It's no. so funny though that you bring that up because like I, my kids don't bathe that much. <laughs> my daughter does. She's in middle school and she really is conscious about how oily her hair gets now Mm -hmm. but my son we're like okay when's the last time you take a bath and he just stares at us we're like 
that means it's bath time because you can't even remember. Okay, I think that brings up a phenomenal point. And I have a little bit of a background story on this one, too, that I found recently. When uh, So again, the bathing came up because we've had this discussion. It popped up in one of our coaching groups. Mm-hmm. And it's also, I see it all the time on the internet. In balance, Re- our coaching group. Yeah. Yes. And recently... Ashton Kusher and and his wife got a little bit heckled yeah. because they admitted that they don't bathe their kids every single day. And because of that, Ashton Kusher was at an event and sports fans actually were heckling him and booing him and yelling out, take a shower while he was trying to talk about a charity group he works with. <sighs> I'm very upset about that. But let's back this up a little bit. It all came out because there was an article where they talked about how they don't bathe their kids every day. Mm-hmm. And the backlash was... A lot. A lot of people were like, are you kidding me? But the interesting fact is that really, you don't need to. Like the American, yeah. So like the American Academy of Dermatology actually says that six-year-olds to 11-year-olds only need to bathe once a week. Yes, we are on the right track in my house then. (laughs) See? Like, and then how many of us so think that our kid is supposed to take a bath every single day? Now, if your kid has mud crusted on him, I'd say give him a bath. If there's visible dirt, I'm like, yes, definitely take a bath. But if it's like a precautionary thing, being like, oh, there might be germs on you. No, I think that's going too far. Or you know what? If your kid has a little bit of greasy hair, let them go to school. Let them deal with the natural consequences of it, which there may be some and there may be none. Yeah, and there it's it's a tricky issue too with bathing because first of all, like I was recently made aware that bathing is a bit of a privilege issue. It is. Because um like we especially it's it is a white privilege issue because we have never had to worry about us being termed as dirty basically. Mm-hmm. And that is something that I know uh talking with uh, many people that like it is it, it's a problem. Like they can't take the same laissez-faire how do you say that laissez-faire they can't be as relaxed about it as we can like right well you know and that even can go to so many different aspects like um i have to wear a lot of deodorant girl yeah it's like i just i can have that i can mm -mm. brie needs to bathe a lot because Mm -hmm. of that like and every and some people have that like where you're just like okay i stink I sweat, I stink, I need to take a shower. Mm-hmm. And not everybody has that, but you're right, that when it comes to a lot of Caucasian individuals, they don't struggle with that as much. They don't struggle with mm-hmm. it. And notice like how hard I have, like I have a really hard issue. I'm very, very uncomfortable talking about race. This is something we actually dive into in a podcast episode with Dr. Tracy Baxley. Uh, but it's something that we need to be aware of because we have a privilege when it comes to bathing that we could say like, oh, you know what? Our kids don't have to bathe because they're not going to be judged as harsh. Like, and I'm speaking that as a white woman, like our, my kids don't have to bathe because they're not going to be judged as harshly. Whereas if I was talking to a black mom, she would say definitely the opposite probably because she needs to prepare her kids to be judged for things that shouldn't be judged for. Right. Exactly. So, so the point of this is just that. Well, I think we're getting into a subsection, so we I are, smell I, another podcast I went on up. a whoops. I, I smell another podcast episode. But I do think that is important. Well, the bathing's a good point. Like, yes. we need to let our kids experience some degree of some failures, to bring it back to our point one. Yes. That they need to have some degree of experiencing those failures to know how to get through that tip number two, how to get to that next step. How to get to that next step, exactly. And that next step is... They need to problem we, solving. Yeah, we need to let them practice problem solving. Sorry, I thought you were solving. thought you were introing me on that okay. one. Okay, <laughs> there we go, Brie. No. They need to. Ta-da! Oh, let them practice problem there solving. We, go. <laughs> we just do things on the fly. We over do here. It's all. It's okay. No one. Mm-hmm. No one wants a polished <laughs> podcast. That would be boring. <laughs> 
That would be boring. But problem solving is such an interesting issue. And going back to the whole bathing thing, I was the smelly girl in middle school. I didn't realize the importance of bathing or wearing deodorant. Like, because you don't smell yourself until you're made aware that you smell. Like, I don't know how to explain that better. No, I, I, I think I I think I could say that. Yeah, like it just, it, there's so many factors to it. And it yeah. depends on the person too. Like mm-hmm. I was one of those, like growing up, I always realized that like each person, they kind of have their own distinct smell, right? Like mm-hmm. I noticed that when I walked in my sister's room, it smelled a certain way because mm-hmm. that was her room and, that's, yeah. and it smelled like my sister. I loved her dearly. So it was just like, oh. But I mean, I kids aren't always aware of that. No, they're not aware of that. I wasn't aware of that in seventh grade. I wasn't aware of that until I heard two boys talking beside me in social studies and they're like, Joanne smells. And I was mortified. Like I ran out of that portable door. I went to the restroom and I had deodorant in my backpack, thankfully, and I layered it on. But I was extremely ostracized in middle school because I was the smelly kid. Like I remember a girl, Tara, behind me in the playground. (laughs) You always remember. Um, Just like talking to a friend I just made and whispering and she got that friend to ditch me and I became like the smelly kid all of seventh grade. It was heartbreaking. It was I was so alone that year. I spent probably one day a week. I feigned illness just so I didn't have to go to school and it, it was horrible. But that was such a big part of my life because I was able to basically problem solve my way out of it. First, I wore deodorant. <laughs> yeah, that's a big one right there. Second, uh, I I have a very good sense of smell now. Like I'll go in, I'll be like, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so that's a really good example right there because that story you just told gave me anxiety while you were telling it. Broke my heart because I'm like, I wouldn't want that to happen to my kid. Mm -hmm. But are you broken for the rest of your life because of it? No. Did you end up in a van down by the river because of it? No. No. I I actually have used it to fuel my career of making sure other kids don't feel the same way I did. I mean, I had so many talks with my fifth graders about deodorant because of this. And I told them the exact reason I was having this talk because no one told me about it. No one. That that does bring us in. Like, talk about that. Like, for starters, problem solving is not always easy. No, it's painful. It's It's really painful if you're doing it right. Right? Mm -hmm. And it can get messy. And you know what else? You don't have to be blissfully happy while you're doing it. Like, I like to call it, like, you don't have to whistle while you work. Mm -hmm. It can be hard to watch your kids practice problem solving. You can see them fail 16 gazillion times. Mm Mm-hmm. But having faith in them and giving them support and telling them, like, I know you can do this is what's going to help them be able to continue to move through it. Hey, are you a parent of a teenager? Are you feeling overwhelmed about how to be what they need while also holding limits and boundaries that keep them safe? Are you tired of conversations that negate how messy this season of parenting is? Well, I've got you. My name is Casey O'Rourke. I am a positive discipline trainer, parent coach, and the host of the Joyful Courage podcast. Every week I come to you with an interview, digging into tough topics with experts I trust and solo shows that go deep into the personal growth and mindset needed to raise teens in a way that grows them into confident, capable 
young people. I am not afraid of getting real about the intersection of conscious parenting and the teen years, while also bringing in vulnerability, humor, and lightness. I'm walking the path with you and honored to serve. Listen to Joyful Courage on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you consume podcasts. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist, and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness. And I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder and I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better. And something that I like to think when my kids are really struggling with something that I know that they need to do problem solving and I can't solve it themselves is I give them the emotional space. So I'm there and I hold space. And that's what I tell myself when I'm right there. I'm just holding the space where they can let everything out. And I'm the like safe sounding board that they can talk to. Okay, so what does that look like? I'm just sitting, I'm standing there and I'm like, "Uh uh-huh, that, you know, like that really, that's really frustrating. I would be frustrated too. I'm so sorry that happened to you. That is really sad. And doing a lot of reflective listening and naming their feelings too throughout the whole thing. Especially when they're struggling because they don't know that feeling of frustration, feeling unmotivated, things like that. Or you must be be embarrassed or, you know. Right. And sharing times, sometimes when I felt embarrassed, I can go a little overboard on the sharing though. I asked my son because I noticed that he was tightening up every time I shared about myself. And I asked him, I'm like, does it help you? at all when I share like certain situations that like I've been through he's like no like okay (laughs) (laughs) thank you for the feedback I am (laughs) he's like like, it's too much mom I can't process it too much but yeah problem solving horribly messy sometimes and we want to jump in and save our kids yes so here is a little bit of help we're going to give you on this problem solving section Mm -hmm. so we were talking earlier about our common happy parenting course and this is one of the strategies that that we teach in the common happy parenting course it's where you have limited involvement but you're helping support your kids Mm -hmm. and i and i love it it's joanne you want to like talk a little bit more about the whole i do we do you do sure it's actually a guided teaching strategy so it comes directly from the classroom and if i could use a big word pedagogy um (laughs) (laughs) but i do we do you do is when you first it's i do so it's you kind of talking yourself through problems kids need to see how you deal with your emotions and you deal with your problems so it's one of those things where you know, I've heard advice where people have said, you know, hide your problems from your kids. Don't let them oh, know I you're know, experiencing right? it. All that but, does is make your kids think that you don't know their struggles yeah, and you can't relate and there's something wrong with them. Exactly. That they have no. struggles. No. And so a great way to practice I do, we do, you do is when you have a struggle, you're talking about it with your kids. Like right now, I'm, I'm having some struggles with anxiety where I like am having a hard time 
not fixating on like future things happening wrongly. We're recording this right before we go to Italy and I have a fear of planes. <laughs> and so like that's keeping me up late at night. I have a fear we're going to get like a positive COVID test and not going to be able to board the plane back to the US. That's keeping me up at night. I still keep pointing out though, you're going to get quarantined with me. I know. <laughs> I mean, how much fun is that? Because you don't get to see me enough, right? So, and our friend Shayna. So yeah. at least you're not alone. Yes. <laughs> but it's like all these things building up. And I'm like, I tell my kids that because they actually have the same fears. Like my daughter has a little bit of fear of planes too and anything just happening to me, which I think is pretty normal for kids to have when a parent like decides to go on a trip or go away. I never saw that growing up, by the way. My parents never went on a trip by themselves. So that's something else that I am struggling with as well. But just talking through it, saying how I'm dealing with it, saying how I'm using, you know, positive thinking, how I am seeing like, okay, there's all this stuff about airplanes and them being totally safe, which they are. And all of these things that I'm using to talk myself through it. And then you can go into we do. So whenever my kids struggle with anxiety, I'm here asking them questions. I'm like, okay, well, what helps you through it? Can you like take a deep breath? Let's do like some meditation maybe. And I don't do like da 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 That would really, really stress them out. I look for my ins with the we do. Like if they look really stressed, I would be like, oh, you know, I'm going to do this meditation thing. You want to do it with me? Be like really casual. That's a really sneaky we do, but I like it. It's, it's sneaky. Sometimes it has to be sneaky yeah. when kids are problem solving. And sometimes it's really open. Sometimes yeah. like you said, it's like, this helps me. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do it. Would you like to learn how to do it too? And that's that's that we do. Yeah. I know how to do the skill that you're trying to figure out. Would you like to do it with me? Mm-hmm. My kids tend to be very resistant to any suggestions. So I find, ah. have to find I have to find a way around it does it does depend on the problem some yeah. some problems I think our kids are more open to and some problems mm-hmm. most kids are very closed off to so it just kind of depends yeah if it's something like I don't know talking to an authority figure like the principal about yeah. a dress code like that's a more overt thing that I could be like well this really helps yeah but if it's something anxiety that you know some kids feel like they have to be completely in control all the time of their emotions mm-hmm. and you have to kind of sneak your way around But after you've done the I do and the we do, Mm -hmm. then it's the you do and you let them do it on their own. They have the skill set now because you offered them that support Mm -hmm. in a limited way. You weren't taking it over because, again, you showed them, you did it together and you stepped away. I kind of look at it as like when we taught our kids to ride their bikes with their training wheel, without their training wheels, Mm -hmm. right? Like we did not hold on to the kid's bike for the rest of their life. Nope, we gradually let go. Right? And that's what I do, we do, you do is about. And know that it doesn't go in a progressive, like, straight line. It can be messy. It can be messy. <laughs> All fans of the good place out there, it could be like a Jeremy Bear Me, which is just like, <laughs> it's a squiggle. It's a squiggle of time in the good place. If, you, if you've watched the good place, you know what I'm talking about. But yeah, let them practice problem solving. I love that. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then our, our tip number three is one of my absolute favorites. What is tip number three? Teach them to recognize their feelings. This is awesome. It's so, it seems so simple. But but it's actually harder than you would think. It is harder than you think. Because you know what? Most grown adults weren't taught how to recognize their own feelings. No, sometimes we have to talk through it and figure it out. But I mean, also, I'm going to ask you guys, I'm going to give you a little pop quiz here. Does your child know what it means to be unmotivated? Do they know what it means to feel frustrated? Or do they know what it means to feel agitated Mm -hmm. I'm gonna like give you guys a little challenge go out there talk to your kids throw out some of those higher emotional words that are above happy mad sad and see how many of them that they actually know Mm -hmm. and if they don't know 
there's there's something to work on. An easy way to help them recognize their feelings is to help them name their feelings while they're experiencing them. Yes. Like, oh, you, you seem really agitated. Or they're laying on the couch, be like, oh, like, how, do you feel really unmotivated today? And just working it into conversation is a great way to help them start putting those feelings to what they're actually feeling, the names to the feelings. I know, right? We actually have a couple of really good podcasts on that. We talk about this with Jen Rade on episode 102. And then we also do uh, talk about it in episode 106 with uh, Marcel Waldman. Yeah. So we have some really great resources for you on naming the feelings. Yeah. Because you can't, when we talked about this before, mm-hmm. you can't go around your feelings. Yeah. You have to acknowledge them, go through them so that you can figure out how to get how to get past them. And the other thing too, I think for our kids, if you kind of reflect back to when you were younger, I think about being bored when I was a kid, Mm -hmm. right? And I remember when I was bored over the weekend, it felt like this was never going to end. Boredom was, oh my gosh, this weekend is so long and it's raining outside and there's nothing. I'm never going to get past this feeling of boredom. But you do. You do. And as adults, we know we're going to get past it. We know that at most, this is going to last like one more day and I'll be able to move through it and something else is going to come up. But our kids don't have that foresight yet. So sometimes also reminding them like, I know that you're feeling bored right now. I know you're feeling scared right now. You know, I hear you on that. Mm -hmm. But if there's one thing I can promise you is that this isn't going to last forever. Mm -hmm. You are going to move through it. Yes. And you do have the skills to move through it. You do. And they're not going to just say, yes, mom, you are correct. Exactly. I will go use these skills now. That's not how it'll happen. No. And if you have a teen, you're going to get that lovely eye roll. And they're oh, you don't know anything, mom. Or you might get some (laughs) tantrums and some doors slamming. But no, that's all part of the process. They don't mean to be disrespectful. And as long as you can maintain like a cool head, be non-reactive, they're going to come back and be like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like you will be amazed how your kids might come back to you and be like, I'm sorry. I yeah. had that reaction. If you're able to keep it cool the entire time. Yeah. It's hard. It's totally hard. Uh, and if you need any support in that, no, we got you. We Like Bree and I have you, especially if you come join us in Calm and Happy Parenting. Yes. Which is this week. It's this week you get it. <laughs> and Balance, which is our VIP coaching program for moms. Which you can only get into after you've taken Calm and Happy Parenting. Yes. Or mm-hmm. you can get into it at the mm-hmm. same time you enroll in Calm and Happy Parenting. Well, yes. Which is that's really the, the only, best way. That's the only secret code to get into Balance. Yes. It's, it's like the password. Yes. Or the secret handshake. Yes. <laughs> so make sure to check out that link in the show notes. We desperately want to hang out with you more. Like desperately. And like you just see me and Brie all the time. I know, right? It's just we're just we're just a fun bunch of gals. We are. <laughs> we are. So know that all of these things to build strong kids and emotionally resilient kids, they go for you too, mama. Like letting yourself fail, not being hard on yourself, letting yourself practice problem solving without the judgment that thinking that you need to know every right answer right away. Like give yourself that time and then recognize your own feelings. Know when you're sad, know when you're upset and give yourself that space to deal with your own emotions instead of trying to cover them up and just be happy for everyone else. I wish everybody could see my head over here. I'm like a bobblehead because I'm shaking my head. Yes, yes, yes to everything you're saying so strongly. But we need to hear it as moms because so much we're told like, hey, you should do this for your kids. But oh my gosh, it starts with you. Just like it starts with me and Brie with our own children. And we're total works in progress all the freaking time. Yes, but when you see those successes, those wins... They are phenomenal. And they are there. You can get to them. We promise you. 
Yep. So until next time, remember, the best mom's a happy mom. Take care of you. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for stopping by. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness. And I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder. And I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better.